This is Reverse Reset Restore, the podcast where we're discovering ways to reverse our negative thought patterns, reset our belief system, and restore our relationship with ourselves. My name is Sally, and I'm determined to live more consciously rather than coast along on automatic pilot. Do you want to know more? Change comes from within. Do you have a one-track mind? If you suffer from any type of depression or tend to lean into your negative self-talk or continually make judgments about others and the world and yourself, you probably do. Do you scan your interactions to catch the bad? Do you only remember the shitty things someone has said to you, despite the fact they may have said 10 nice, lovely things about you? to that one slightly negative comment made offhand. Yeah? Then that one-track mind is what we call cognitive distortion. Over the next two episodes, we're going to explore what cognitive distortion is, how it impacts not just our thinking, but our feelings, beliefs and behaviours, and what we can do about it. In today's episode, why your one-track mind always seems to run away from you, we'll look at what it is who developed or discovered the theories and reasoning behind them, and I'll introduce you to the most common cognitive distortions. Some of them overlap, so don't be shocked if you discover that you've experienced more than one in your own thinking. In the second episode, How Your Thinking is Like Playing a Game of Snakes and Ladders, we'll take a deep dive into the top 10 cognitive distortion thinking patterns and look at ways we can change it from being a repeat customer in our thoughts. Did you know that cognitive distortions are something we have all experienced from time to time in our lives? But what the hell is it? Well, cognitive distortion is the technical name for a bunch of negative self-talk thought patterns where your view of reality is skewed in a negative way. Now, it's absolutely normal to have these thoughts come into our minds. We can't think of rainbows and sunshine all the time, no matter how much peace we may find along the way in our journey through life. Inevitably, we are going to have moments, days, or longer where we have negative thoughts come flooding into our mind. I still have them on a fairly regular basis, and I recognize that I still have a lot of work to do on changing that thinking. But the point is not to get to perfection, because perfection doesn't exist. No, the point of doing this work and recognizing the things that are hurting you is to make the changes to erode their impact and perhaps vanquish them from showing up as often as they do. So just to be clear, we're not talking about those little thoughts that creep in occasionally because they happen to us all. It is when it becomes habitual or your default thinking that these types of thinking patterns can impact the way you view the world and your experiences. If you're prone to depression, worry, or anxiety-driven thinking, these negative thought patterns amplify your anxiety or depression. And if left unchecked, these negative thoughts will have you spinning out of control. Because we know that our brains are naturally inclined to look for negativity bias. It's part of our primal need to survive in a world where safety was a daily risk. We have to actively and proactively Become aware of the types of negative self-talk we're entertaining if we have any hopes of changing our internal narrative. 
Now, cognitive distortions on their own merit are not considered mental health disorders, but they can and do contribute to them. When we have these negative thought patterns running like a loop over and over in our minds, it contributes to our feelings of alienation, unworthiness and unhappiness. An important part of your self-love journey is to recognize what you may be ruminating on. If there are consistent themes in which you return to repeatedly, this can be very unhealthy and unbeneficial to your progress in your life. Looping thinking or one-track thinking is particularly dangerous territory for those who have a history of depression, anxiety or other mental health disorders. So let's wind it back a little and go back to where the terminology cognitive distortion originated from. We're going back to the 1960s and 1970s. Picture it, Pennsylvania, USA. Aaron Beck, a professor at the University of Pennsylvania, was also working with patients as a psychiatrist. During his work, he began to move away from the standard models of therapy offered. Today, he's considered to be the father of the treatment method Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, CBT, that I mentioned back in episode 4, Thoughts are the Stories We Tell Ourselves. This method was not considered as a legitimate therapy modality when Beck first started trying to instigate it. Thankfully, he refused to be rebuffed and it remains widely used today by mental health professionals. CBT teaches how to overcome your current or learned reactions, whether emotional, behavioral or in thinking, to the situations you faced or you may be facing in your life. It looks at how we might be currently interpreting the situation via the lens of our thoughts, feelings and behaviours and what we can do to transform our distorted thoughts, feelings and negative habits to improve our quality of life. And who doesn't want to have a better, healthier, happier and more fulfilling life? Back in the 60s and 70s, Freud's theories and methods were the standard when it came to treating people with mental health disorders. But as Beck worked with depressed patients... He began to notice patterns in their thoughts that seemed to appear unprompted. He named these thought patterns or cognitions automatic thoughts. Based on the type of content of the thought, Beck divided them into three different categories. Negative ideas about oneself, negative ideas about the world, and negative ideas about the future. Beck noted that the three were interrelated, just like our thoughts, emotions and behaviours are connected to one another. These three categories are called the cognitive triad. Depressive disorders such as major depression, anxiety, seasonal affect disorder, SAD, postpartum depression, bipolar disorder, situational depression, persistent depressive disorder, premenstrual dysphoric disorder, PMDD, etc. impact our cognitive perspectives. They are characterized by a person's dysfunctional negative views of the cognitive triad themselves, their life and their experiences in the world in general, and what the future may or may not look like. Suffering from a depressive disorder often means that the person living with those thoughts, feelings and behaviours slip into these automatic thought patterns. Due to the nature of this type of disordered thinking, patients don't reflect on the automatic thoughts that magically appear, which leads them to treat them as true and valid. Opening the door for more disordered thinking and the swirling doom that depression overwhelms you with. I've been diagnosed with clinical depression several times over my lifetime. I realized a few years ago that I also suffered from seasonal affect disorder 
as I tend to get a severe bout of depression during the winter months. Armed with this theory in mind, I self-diagnosed this ad. I decided to see if making some specific changes in my life would help. For the past two winters, I've not been impacted with the heavy weight of a depressive midwinter episode. I'll talk more about that in another show. Since Beck's discovery of these cognitive disorders, researchers have identified a number of distorted thinking patterns that are fairly common. I'm going to share the 10 main cognitive distortions with you now and provide a very brief example of the type of automatic thinking that is associated with each one. It's in our next episode where I will go through all 10 in more detail and we will look at ways you can stop these negative patterns from ruling your thoughts. If you recognize any of these thought patterns as something that come unbidden into your mind as the first or unwavering thought, write them down. The examples given here may not fit you exactly, but I hope that they are both as broad and specific enough to help you begin to recognize if they are showing up in your thinking a little too often. Personalization. This is where everything, even things outside of your control, is your fault. And always your fault, aka it's me, not you thinking. My friend cancelled our dinner plans. I've obviously done something wrong. Catastrophizing. I call this the sky is falling thinking. Think you have a worst case scenario? This is worse. I have a headache for the third time this week. I definitely have brain cancer and I'm going to die. Filtering or magnifying. This type of thinking is where you magnify the negative and filter out the positives. I ate a healthy dinner, but I blew it with that bowl of ice cream. Polarizing, all or nothing, or black and white thinking. You are either perfect or you have failed. No gray areas, just all good or all bad. I answered one question wrong, I'm a total failure. Overgeneralization. Overgeneralization is the Murphy's Law of Cognitive Distortion. Murphy's Law is the adage that typically states, anything that can go wrong will go wrong. So you might find yourself thinking, nothing ever goes right for me. Emotional reasoning. Emotional reasoning is, in my opinion, a blackmailer, a thief, a trickster. It tries to tell you that not only what you are feeling is true, but everyone else thinks it too. I feel so alone, but I'll only be bothering people if I reach out. Should statements. Should is a word that puts you in a corner. It's a shame-based statement, implying that you aren't enough or aren't capable of doing enough. I should have lost more weight by now. Labeling and mislabeling. Linked to overgeneralization, where you attach negative labels to yourself or others, for a past behavior or situation. I forgot to send that email to my boss. I'm completely useless. Disqualifying the positive. The yes but thinking style where you ignore, dismiss, discount or minimize your positive attributes and experiences. That guy at the bar only said I was beautiful because he was drunk. Jumping to conclusions or mind reading. Making negative assumptions without sufficient evidence, but running away with a story you're telling yourself anyway. My partner is late coming home, they're obviously cheating on me. Any of these sound familiar? I recognize that I've experienced more than one of these unhelpful negative thinking patterns in my life. 
Now here is the good news. You don't have to be stuck in any of them. They're just thoughts, and thoughts can be changed. Even the ones that spontaneously appear out of the ether. Even the ones that are so ingrained, they've become as automatic to us as breathing. If I can change these one-track wonders from hitting the streets of my subconscious mind, you can do it too. In the next episode, how your thinking is like playing a game of snakes and ladders, we are going to look at these cognitive distortions and how, by shifting our focus and making different choices, we can make them less automatic and eventually redundant. I really hope that you'll begin to actively listen for those automatic thoughts that come swirling into your mind over the next week. If you're feeling brave enough, I suggest you write them down when you hear them or see them in action. That will help you lay the groundwork for turning your knowledge into power and reclaiming your thoughts. Thanks so much for joining me. Don't forget to like, subscribe and leave me a five-star review. Your help in doing that will help me get these messages out to more people. That makes you and me, together, world changes. We can be the change we want to see. It all begins with us. This week's quote is words of wisdom from Swami Vivekananda, an Indian monk, philosopher and spiritual leader. We are what our thoughts have made us. So take care about what you think. Words are secondary. Thoughts live. They travel far. <laughs>